This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe Sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better host, or if you're looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month absolutely free. And now, enjoy the show. This is Jeff Gobb here at PWG from Tremendous... I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to our Patron Mailbag Series, episode number 37. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and yes, here we are after our live show doing the Mailbag Show. If you missed the live show, we do go on at 12 p.m. Western, or is that Pacific, and 3 p.m. Eastern. I was Western and Eastern, you know. Uh, so yes, if you missed that one, that's when we start that, but here we are on our mailbag episode. Nick is no longer Cornholio and he, we are here to talk about the questions that our patrons have sent us. That's right. Our lovely patrons who we are eternally grateful for have sent in their questions and we are here to answer them. And if you want to send in a question for us to answer, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com, sign up for one of our lovely patron tiers, and you too can be supporting this show that you're putting in your ear holes right now uh so yes head on over there do that and then come on back here and listen to us answer your questions nick yes right here at youtube.com slash busted wide open please make sure you subscribe to the channel and got your notifications turned on i know those youtube notifications suck sometimes but we promise they're only going to be for us make sure you set them to all too there's some weird auto setting that will maybe send you a notification if it decides to like, so YouTube is some kind of hive mind. It just makes the decisions for you. Set it to all, and you're good to go. Uh, all of our BWO daily episodes, uh, and when we go live, that's what you're going to get. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed here. Uh, come over and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast, uh, and get into the Facebook group and Discord as well. All of these links can be found over at BWOPodcast.com or down in the description below if you're watching here on YouTube. Uh, I think that's everything. Yeah, sounds okay, about right. I got it all out. Let's get into some patient says, hey, fellas, hope you're both doing well and enjoying your wrestling. I've got three questions mm. to ask today. Do you want to mm. see FTR versus the Bucks at Fighter Fest? I reckon it should be left to all out as it's a rivalry that's been building for the past three years. And if they don't fight at Fighter Fest, what do you want them doing at Fighter Fest? FTR, I'm assuming. Uh, yes. Or, or both of them. Um, yeah, I agree. Hold back on FTR and Bucks. Um, you know, it'd be actually interesting if they teamed up. We had a, a or if, like we had a eight on eight tag or four on four, eight person tag match. Sorry, four on four. Yeah, that's what I mean. 
like a tornado tag or something like that, um, where they're not directly involved with each other. You have enough tag teams. They showed that this week on Dynamite. Don't have them face each other straight up. Nope. Tease us. Tease yep. us with it. Make us want it. Create some more dynamics between the two teams. Right. Salt, salt that steak. No, dangle that carrot in my face. Dangle the I, carrot. I, I know it's coming. Steak. Yeah. Don't <laughs> give it to us right away. I agree. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. It's not, it just... <sighs> I don't even know if you need them doing anything with each other. They could even have like other matches or something. But just, um, I think if you had to, if you had to have them do a match to build that story, yeah, like have them team up in a in a in a two two on two. What even would that be called? I know there's a name for that where it's like you have two teams on each side. A four on four. I don't know. Yeah. Damn it. One of those tag <laughs> men. Have them team up with another tag team and face two other tag teams. I don't want to. I don't want to see them fight at Fighter Fest, and I'm not even sure I want to see them at all out. I want this to be the feud. I want it to be a signature feud, like Cody versus Jericho was a signature feud with a massive set of stakes wrapped around it, and it was uh, Cody and MJF, another example, massive feud, a t- incredible set of stakes built all the way around it. This needs to be on that level. This is one of those dream matches that we've been waiting for, and we will continue to patiently wait for it, if you continue to like spoon-feed us a little taste here and there like you're doing now. So there we go. Uh, the next question is, do you see Keith Lee winning the NXT championship or moving to the main roster before then? After Survivor Series, I saw it as not a matter of what if, but a matter of when. What's your fellow's opinion on this? I'm, I've been pretty clear about mine. It's a matter of when. Yeah, you've been clear. Nick says he's going to win both championships and then drop them to carry and cross, go to the main roster. Am I right on that, Nick? Uh, I think he, so I think he's going to – I've said before this week happened that he would be NXT champion this year and that he would win the Royal Rumble net, uh, January. Those are my proclamations that I'm mm. throwing out there. This threw a whole new twist this week. Into, yeah, with the two belts situation. <laughs> um, I it's funny. I can see all of the above. Do I feel that he's going to win the NXT championship or move to the main roster? That's up to the whims of a capricious seventy-three-year-old man. It depends if he if he wants him up there before that. Um, all reports are that Vince was very high on him, so it's just a matter of when they feel he's needed on the main roster. Um, until then, the sky's the limit. Could he win the championship? Yes. But that's a really crowded field right now. It's yeah. very crowded. And I don't know if he would keep it for long. And if he didn't keep it for long, would that be disappointing? Um, I kind of feel like it would really help his stock if he came to the main roster and they could say Keith Lee, former NXT champion. I think mm-hmm. that would definitely give him a bit more prestige. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter what, though, they're going to be able to push that man on the main roster because he has Absolutely every tool you need in the toolbox to be able to succeed uh, on the main roster. So, yeah, I, I it's it's really a coin flip if they strap him before they bring him up or not. Yeah. And given how how crowded that field is right now, it makes it even more of a coin flip. If it was just him and Adam Cole, I'd say yes. But Finn Balor, Gargano, Karrion Cross, Champa still around somewhere too. That's real crowded, and he's already the North American champ. Um, Keith, two belts. He's got the shoulders for it. Yep. And if it's something where 
you know, he wins both belts and then Karrion comes in and, and beats the crap out of him as a way to showing how scary Karrion Cross is. Yeah. Um, the way things are going right now, though, will he be up on the main roster by Royal Rumble or WrestleMania? Could. Could. I'm Very actually su- could. I'm uh, surprised. The showing he had against Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble this year. Yeah. You know? I don't know. There, there's a lot... There's a lot of people going right now in the WWE. And with Heyman now out, some of the people that he was favoring may be leaving or getting dropped down the card, and so some space may open up. Vince has to have his eyes on a gigantic man of like Keith Lee. He has I would to ha- know. Well, especially after, like we said, after his showings last year, he showed up at Survivor Series and was put in a posi- he was put in a very good position at, at Survivor Series. Yes. They, they made him look very good. But the reactions he got and the way he got over nearly instantaneously. Because here's it's one thing to be put in the ring and be told you're going to do this, this, and this and face Roman Reigns. To go out there and have that entire crowd go, who the hell is this guy? Facing have Roman that Reigns. Reaction, have yeah. that reaction be very clear and obvious. Yeah. It's probably why he got that big spot at Royal Rumble. So yeah, the main roster and the people who write for main roster and Vince McMahon are aware of Keith Lee. Absolutely. So... So, yeah. Finally, he asks here, uh, am I the only one that thinks that Dr. Britt Baker is winning the women's championship at All Out as her big return match? What do you guys reckon? I'm not sure what the timeline is for her return, how much of her injury is a work at this point. She said All Out. She said All Out should be back. Okay. Um, So that's her time frame for it. I don't... I don't know if I'm strapping her on her I don't know if I'm strapping her right away. Yeah. No. But at the same time, I wouldn't be mad at it. That's a good run for Sheeta if she holds it to then. Yeah. And Lord knows Baker's been doing the work. And having her as champ to just have that one more thing to make her obnoxious would be pretty magnificent. Yeah. So I don't know that I'm saying it's a lock. I'm not going to say it's a lock. Um, I'm going to have to see some more stuff between now and then. She's going to have to turn her attention from Big Swole to Sheeta. I don't know if because they're very, quote, sports-centric in AEW, you know, with, with wrestlers like Abaddon, very sports-centric. But I'm just saying in terms of, like, win-loss records and that sort of thing, if, that, that, if that's something that they would be able to manufacture a reason for, yeah, um, it, may, it may wait all the way till uh, later this year or even early next year, but yeah. they're strapping her at some point. I was sure. going to say, it's, it's doubtful that it will be all out at this point, as far as I'm concerned. But so. not impossible. Not, not impossible. impossible. But doubtful, in my opinion. Uh, Thanks, fellas. Thanks for everything you do for this community. Thank you, Brandon. Really appreciate it. Thank you for your support of the show. Uh, Next up, Jacob asks, first, once again, I hope. Ooh, Brandon gotcha. Brandon gotcha. Sorry, Jacob. Sorry, Jacob. Just a bit outside. (laughs) Missed it by that much. Yeah. What are some of your favorite moments where titles have changed hands? Some of mine are Edge cashing in his first money in the bank. And mm-hmm. Mox versus Juice Robinson for the U.S. title in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Stay safe. Thanks for all you do. Thank you, Jacob. Um, favorite title changes? Uh, Okada beating Tanahashi. The very first time was just so insane. Um, I the was classic say Omega finally overcoming Omega Okada. finally night. I mean, this recency bias. Naito winning both belts. Yeah. I got emotional. Yeah. Um, that's just New Japan. You know, WWE, Mick Foley, uh, January 4th, 1999, I believe, where he beat The Rock. Um, 
to win his first championship. Might have been 98. No, it was 99. It was 99. Um, that has got to be my like one of my all-times. One of the biggest all-time pops. One of the biggest pops of all time. Um, that's a huge one for me personally. Um, trying to think of other we, ones. We say all the time, Seth Rollins is cash in for the championship at 31. Daniel Bryan Absolutely. winning the, both belts. Uh, Kofi Mania. Evolution gauntlet. Kofi Mania is a good one. Yeah, there, there's a. I'm trying to think of stuff that's not recent, but a lot of the best ones are in the last decade. Uh, Punk winning at uh, Money in the Bank over yep. John Cena, running off into the crowd. All-time great. Um, you know, one that I've come back around on is Batista's first title win. Oh, really? I'm not, I, was, I was never a big fan of Batista back in the day. I can't stand him, but that was a great build and a great win. Uh, came back around on that. Um, bah, 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 bah. Trying to run down a whole bunch from here. Yeah, my, I'm, I'm running down the in my head. Of, <laughs> like, I'm trying to get out of the last decade, but it's, I'm having hard times uh, getting... Yeah. There's a bunch of title there's, changes. Uh, uh, that's, oh, that's, oh, Royal Rumble '92. Ric Flair winning the title with a tear in his eye. Obvious. All time. Actually, great. does that Rick, count? It was a vacated title, wasn't it? Rick has a couple. Doesn't matter. He still won the title. All right, all right. I guess technically that's a title change. Yeah, that's a title Va- change. Vacated, dropped vacant, it to Ric Flair. <laughs> vacant, vacated it to Ric Flair. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Jacob in the chat. Eddie, Eddie, finally winning. Oh, Eddie and Benoit at WrestleMania. Eddie and Benoit, oh. man, just lights oh, freaking out man. match. And the whole, whole build thing. to it, just magnificent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, good question, Jake. I'm trying that to think one... of some, some, some old ones. Like, uh, um, I'm trying to remember who Terry Funk beat back in uh, it was like 79, I think. I'm trying to remember who he beat. Was it, it wasn't Backlund. I remember Terry Funk had a great win back then that was always like one of those ones that was just fantastic. Um. Anyway, yeah, no, bunch of, I'll, I'll think of the Terry Funk one later and post in the group. I'm pretty sure I have a link. You think to the, the, uh, Harley, uh, he beat Terry Funk. Uh, God, don't ask me when and where. But he beat Terry Funk. Harley Race beat Terry Funk. That was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Uh, I just don't. My memory banks are so in the last decade at this point. It's Dusty beating Flair in the cage. Yeah. So there's there's, there's a few yeah, older ones there, we can yeah, go find, but definitely. I'm just thinking, Good like question. for me for me personally, for me personally, that Mankind winning. On Raw, oh yeah, put it put that my butt in seats, Shivani. Absolutely huge. So, <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Jacob. Sorry you didn't make it first this time. Maybe next, <laughs> next time. time. Next time. Yeah. Uh, that's why I like posting it at random dates and times, usually late at oh, night. Oh, is that so, why? Yeah, is that usually, why? It's usually a little bit yeah. of a game that I'm I, sure I it's play. intentional. I'm yeah. sure it's intentional. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh god, I gotta post the post. That's usually what it is. <laughs> Terry Funk versus Flair at Great American Bash. Boom. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah, you, yeah. Good one. Ah. Uh, yeah, oh. uh, next I, just up, got, the, I just got chills. I just got mop, chills. Oh. The mop man oh. himself, Mr. Sean Clark, said, hope everyone finds himself safe. The world is going through a lot of turmoil right now, and it's easy to feel overwhelmed Ooh. and down. Hang on to the good in your life. Hold Amen. on to the love in your life. I promise it's there, even when it's tough to see. That's Folks, why he's the there is of a reason Sean Clark <sighs> invented the moment of positivity. That right there. Yes. Thank you, Sean. Thank, Thank you, you Sean. very much, man. Oh, mm. God, I don't. I don't even want to finish. I just want to go feel all warm and fuzzy. <laughs> Thanks, guys. It's been a great show. Patrons, we'll get you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Come Sean. On, man. That was. Here's a question. His question is: When would you guys pull the trigger on the Hangman and Kenny? I want Kenny to turn on Hangman. I want it mm. the other way around. Going heel and leaning into the dickhead best 
in the world style gimmick. How would you guys do it? Much love. You know what? I could see that, but I, yeah, I was going to say that sounds pretty good. That bring back. It's kind of. It's. I don't want the cleaner, but it's kind of like the cleaner. Like come in, take over. Uh, you know, start running. Maybe the Bucks turn with him, and they just turn on all turn on Hangman. Hangman pulls a Stone Cold, and you know. Well, first you have to find a tag team to take those titles off of them, and it ain't going to be best friends. I don't think. I'm actually pretty positive it's not gonna be best friends. Nope. So not this soon. So at the earliest, let's say all out. Who's the team that takes it? FTR. FTR takes the titles off of them, holds it. Then the Young Bucks and they go have a feud. Will Megan Hangman break up? I wouldn't be mad. Well, they have They have I like, that. I like how that plays seeds. out. They haven't even started planting the seeds for no. Omega and Hangman because I would if, if Omega does go heel, I'd love to see him go for Moxley. Um, but say, like I just need someone to inject some excitement into the title scene there. Yeah. Um, and I'm waiting for Death Triangle to come back. All three of those guys should be involved in all of this. Um, when you asked me initially, my gut yeah. wanted to say Lucha Bros, but I know they're not coming back anytime soon. They're so I, no. I, I want Lucha Bros back in the title picture. They were they got a banging entrance. They are killer in the ring. Uh, I just I want the Lucha Brothers back. I want Death Triangle back. I want Pac back too. Yeah, give me my Pack back. Pack back. I want my Pack back. Dang it! Um, when, so when would you pull pull the trigger? <laughs> earliest the end of the year. Yeah, it's still got a ways to go. They haven't even planted the seeds for it yet. I want to see them drop the belts and that be the catalyst. Uh, we've we've seen hints of that. Yeah. But they didn't pull. We've seen Hangman try to almost line up on the rope like he was going to buckshot Larry at Kenny. But they won the titles and he thought they retained the titles and he thought better of it. And I want to see them like drop the, the titles and that be the trigger point. But they had the coming together moment at the at the sta- uh, stadium stampede where they finally like they beat up Hager and then they cheers each other at the bar. Like that was their moment where like they finally they finally saw eye to eye. Like I can drink my milk, you can drink my you can drink your whiskey, and you know what? We're cool. So they they they've got to the point now where they're cool. So we're going to ride this for a little bit, and then things are going to start going wrong again. They're going to get out of sync, theoretically, or it's going to be a sudden pop swerve. Mm. You know what I mean? It'll be like out of nowhere, there's a turn, and then the next night, Kenny or Hangman. I think it's going to be Kenny, too. I think it's bigger than Hangman and Kenny, honestly. I think it's the elite falling apart that they're going to dramatize on, on AEW. We've had years of the elite drama falling apart. Like I nothing know. but. I mean, come Cody on. Cody is How a much little distant right that? now. Hangman's off drink, uh, being a drunk. I'm, I'm just, sick of the elite falling apart. I'm not going to lie. Like, I've, okay. I've seen that story play out over and over again. Like, they don't feel like a – I mean, Jericho making fun of them for not being a cohesive unit hits a little too hard because yeah. they've never been a cohesive unit. Um, you know, and then you look at Bullet Club reforming behind them and being like, we didn't ever need you, elite. You were always your own little sub-faction. Yeah. It, I'm kind of on Bullet Club side with that. I'm like, yeah, I would have kicked them out too. Yeah. <laughs> I was at the dicks. show. I was at the show where the Tongans beat up the the elite, and I was cheering for the Tongans. I was like, get them, bunch there of you whiny little bastards. Anyway, thank you, Sean, for the awesome inspirational message, man, and yes, the sir. questions. And the absolutely, questions. much love indeed. Next up, Brian asks, I'll probably be at some brewery partaking some beverages when you guys get to my question opinions. Yeah. So cheers to everyone. 
And cheers to you, sir. I uh, says, says uh, during the Attitude Era, when WWE took control of the ratings again, it was always being reported that WCW was still working on the script and storylines for the show up until showtime or even during the show. There was also chaos backstage with the changing of bookers multiple times within a year and never getting people uh, time to try and write the ship. My question is, doesn't this seem like what has been happening in the WWE over the past year, if not longer? It's like when Vince rewrote the history of the Monday Night Wars, he forgot the internal battles within WCW that helped speed up their downfall and is now going through similar situations with the constant changes in creative. So this is an interesting question because it's it's there's actually a couple of different factors at play here. Um, the structuring of WWE right now is very different to what it was in the Attitude Area where you had a minimal staff of writers. You, know, you yep. basically had a couple of idea guys, Cornette, Pritchard, Russo, Vince, like it was a very small meeting room and they put together the whole show. Vince primarily cared about Stone Cold, Rock, and then everyone else, would, they would figure out everybody else on the side. Uh, you had a couple of like bookers and agents putting together the smaller stuff. So it was much more streamlined than it is now where you have two massive, theoretically, this is supposed to be how it works. You have two massive, massive writer groups. You have the group back in Stanford, Connecticut, working at Titan Towers, putting together the skeleton outline for the show. They're communicating, they're communicating with the road crew, the road writers, who are out on the road with everybody writing the scripts and writing the day-to-day -day stuff um, and trying to put together the shows. And then Vince is basically, he's linked in on all that stuff. They bring him the scripts and he can either go with it or not. And yes, as, as Brian says here, Vince has been known to rip up scripts the day of that they've worked on all week or sometimes longer and then rewrite the show from scratch the day of. Um, the thing is, is that's not new for Vince. The difference is, is that there's so much more work that has gone into the script these days. He would rip up scripts the day of back in the Attitude Era. It's just you had less people to get through to get that stuff out there, and you had more wrestlers going out and cutting promos that didn't have to be written. So there's yeah. more material that needs to be written these days. There's more numbers, there's more people you have to go through. Every, every interview that you hear from people that have gotten out of WWE, they talk about the number of people, production, that you have to go through to get something approved to, you know, oh, we got to talk to so-and-so. He wrote this. Yeah, well, I did write it, but so-and-so has to approve it because they approved my writing. I mean, do you want to get past it? You got to talk to them. And people that want to get something changed can either try to wade through all of that, figure out a relationship with someone who's always going to help them change stuff, or just go to the boss and knock on his door. Um, because, you know, if you can convince Vince, if you can convince Vince He'll change it for you, or he'll he'll say, "Yeah, do what, do what you want with that." Make it so. Make it so. So with WCW, however, you had you know your head bookers, but the thing is, is you also had a bunch of high level, highly paid stars who would just straight refuse to do what the bookers wanted to do. Sometimes, so sometimes the bookers didn't have the power. There was no Vince McMahon figure being the be all end all that you could go to. Yeah. You had Hogan trying to pull one way. You had Nash trying to pull one way. You had Bischoff trying to play favorites. Uh, you had, for a while there, you had Flair or Macho Man or Sting. Sting least of all. Apparently, Sting was actually like pretty chill about a lot of his stuff. But you had a lot of huge egos trying to get themselves over and figure stuff out, which, you know, unfortunately means that booking it was a nightmare. Yeah. Because you, you could have something locked and then you'd have one of your big stars saying, yeah, no, I'm not going to lay down for him, Hogan. Um, I don't want to use my finishing move. 
So you can't have that finish to the match. Right. So, you know, and then things just got, you know, more and more. Russo went to WCW and things just got more out of control and they tried, you know, wackier stuff because Russo's not a wrestling fan. He doesn't understand the business. And so he just did a bunch of crap to just get spike, you know, pop ratings, uh, which is the big criticism of Russo. Um, so his question is that it doesn't like, does this, is this what's happening in WWE over the is past this year? Is this echoing what was the tragic downfall of WCW? No, not specifically, not directly. It's not exactly what was happening with WW, with WCW. And, and if you're talking about specifically ripping up the scripts last minute, that's something that's happened in wrestling forever. Yeah. Uh, last minute changes is part of the business. And, it ha- and you have to keep the business, you have to keep the, everything somewhat flexible in case something happens or you, have, you, know, you feel something on the day. Somebody so I, gets I, injured I, at a house show. Uh, somebody can, gets in a, a crazy yeah. push or a pop and you want to change direction a little bit. You, know? you hear about how they're booking AEW where they say we have a general idea of where we want to be in six months. Yeah. Everything is, is building towards that. Um, but we have like milestones we want to hit. And they were able to do it. They said like 80% of Double or Nothing was what they had originally planned before the pandemic. So right. they're doing a good job of sticking to their plans. And it shows. It shows that they're thinking deep about this. The problem is, is that Vince does only look at the main title picture for the most part. So a lot of those secondary feuds sometimes just get cut off the show. And then they, because they get cut off the show, then they never go back to them. And so that's where things start to fall apart with WWE. But it's very different than how WCW was falling apart with its show um, because that was a lot, from what I understand, a lot more ego-driven and a lot more big personalities behind the scenes uh, wrestling with the scripts Yeah. So and the, and the booking. Long-winded so. way of saying no. <laughs> Moi? Long-winded? I, I no. agree. Uh, and Esmeralda did a flyby. Uh, oh! She's dropped 20 bucks in the Super Esme. Chat. Said, hey, guys, couldn't stay for the stream, but I'm sure it's awesome. Thank you. Aw, thank you so much. Nice seeing you. Thank you. I hope when you hear this later, it fills you with joy. Because see, your $20 just coming in, making it rain, and then, all right, I'm out. (laughs) Love Esme, booby booby champ, making it rain. Yep. Thank Mm. you, Brian. Great question. Great uh, great point, too. I hadn't really put two and two together on just quite yet, because I don't think it's a similar thing either. Uh, next up, Billy asks, hey, guys, uh, this world has gone mad, and at this rate, Nick booking might actually come true. Oh, God, no. Listen. Listen. <laughs> they reformed some oh, element of go. Bullet Club with the OC. I called them the phenomenal ones. You Here guys elected to take on that namesake. Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville are embroiled in a blood feud. Wrote that down. Dominic is appearing on WWE Raw TV challenging someone in support of who he thinks is his father. I mean, I, it's listen guys, it's I'm I can't make Jackson this stuff Riker up. is main eventing WrestleMania. No, Tony that Storm doesn't count because that was you. all just to poke at you. I'm talking about version uh-huh. one last. Uh, okay. Yep. What's the one aspect of Nick booking we need to have? P.S. Nick booking was the fun, funnest couple hours I can remember having in forever. Stay awesome, guys. P.S. Again, Nick, you got super worked about the Drew Truth tag match on Monday. Please, man, never change ever. <laughs> yeah, and you too can buy. You can find the link uh, if you do exclamation merch. Uh, you, it, it, I think the bottle put it in chat, but you can find it in the description below too. Uh, if you guys wanted to buy some I Survived oh. Nick booking merch. 
I barely uh, can did. do so. What, what's the one aspect of Nick booking we need to have? That's the question? That's the question. The one aspect... Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of all of the ridiculous tinfoil hat cracked oh. out Let's ideas also not that. forget, uh, before The Fiend and all of that arrived, I did have Bray Wyatt as a psycho and is coming down in a straight jacket and sort of Orange Cassidy-style wrestling where he had no, no, har- no hands and no arms and stuff. Right? I I took that out because they did unveil Funhouse Bray. Yeah, brought, it, brought it back in the end. But um, what did you have? What what was it? What did you? What did you do with Samoa Joe again? I remember you did something with Samoa Joe. I, but I, I brought back the Hardcore Championship and had Aleister right. Black and Big E feuding over it with uh, I think Samoa Joe was the initial one, but then yeah, only Aleister so Black. I remember I remember e. that was like I was on board with that. Yeah, yeah. So that I'd be fine with that. Bring back a Hardcore Championship. Have, Had they have, legitimized the 24-7 championship into something more akin to yes. a hardcore title that had to be defended anywhere, anytime, but they've mostly made a mockery of it with, brilliantly so, I'll admit, uh, with our truth uh, it's mostly a joke. Uh, Brilliant, they, brilliantly they, so, but you're mad he's in a match with, with Drew McIntyre on Monday Night Raw, as Billy points out here. No, that's not what I was <laughs> mad about. I was mad oh. about that the WWE Championship and all of its illustrious history was relegated to that of the putting on the, the same line as the 24-7 Championship. Uh-huh. That's what Except I was upset It wasn't at all. Okay, we're going to go down this path yeah. again. You're yeah. out of your mind with that. So, um, yeah. I'm going to stick with, if I have to answer this, I'm going to stick with Samoa Joe as your hardcore champion, champion having death matches with Aleister Black and Big E. Yes, who has turned on the New Day. Right. Right. That that one came true, didn't it? Yeah. Not yet. Okay. I'm just going to let that hang there. Thank uh, you very much, Billy. Uh, Esme, speaking of Esme, her question. Hello, yeah. Pod Papas. It's time, Hello. that time of the week. I have but one question. When one question. is JB coming back on the show? She is in oh, the chat right now. Chat. JB, you can answer this. So... Uh, Here's what I will say. I wanted to give you guys an early heads up. This is we're going to announce this. Uh, I, I'm going to be going on vacation the week leading up to July 4th. We'll miss a couple episodes of BWO Daily, uh, and I think I'm going to take July 4th off too. If you guys would like to work it out, there is an opportunity there for JB to come in and guest host. I, I think if the if the listeners would like her back, I think that's very doable. So I think that's, but I mean, JB, do you have to tell us about your schedule? If you're able to come on the show for the 4th of July episode, then not to put uh, you on the spot or nothing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We can talk about it offline at some point, but, uh, yeah, July 4th does fall on a Saturday this year. We do want to take a chance to get out of the house, uh, the lady and I, and, uh, just do something. And that, that ultimately, unfortunately means taking some time. And I think it's healthy. Uh, we do we do the Christmas break. Uh, I think it's healthy for a mid year break too. So, yeah. Uh, if JB wants to cover for me on July fourth, we obviously can't live stream it there if I'm go. not here with the command center. But uh, yeah, we could do we an do audio only episode with you and JB if you guys. There, uh, we can. I'm sure we can work that out. Would so like. So there, there you go, Esme. That's <laughs> that yeah. might be your answer right there. Uh, okay. She goes on to say, look, I think you can have a nice round table going. Wrestling podcasts are typically run by dudes with no estrogen input whatsoever. JB could be your ace in the hole. She could be Mm. the undertaker to your WWE. (laughs) 
She does like Undertaker. She does. Only brought out during special occasions like SummerSlam or Royal Rumble <laughs> or Supercard of Honor. I'm just saying she's awesome. Also, I'd like oh. to take this moment and give a shout out to everyone on the stream and listening wherever your butts look great today. Yeah. I say this with respect. I can't see them, but I'm sure they look good. Look at Nick. Now look at your butt. Now look back at Nick. Now look at your butt. Pray it's not that hairy. Andy J. Jacob Marshall, I'm sure you guys are in the chat. Your butts look good today. Nick, I'm totally not messing with you by making you say butts a bunch of times because I know you read these <laughs> verbatim and sometimes you don't look over them before you read them. Thanks, fellas. Hashtag be proud of your butt. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm pretty proud of my butt. You know? Oh, Jesus Christ. You know? Oh. As, as May has. If, has, if, has, if JB drops, is going to be the Undertaker, I'm going full Teddy Long. And holla, 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 if you mess me up or you make me read a question about butts, I'm going to put you in the match with The Undertaker. <laughs> uh, well, that's what Esme wants anyway. Uh, actually, I over agree. in the Super Chat, Austin Topper with two bucks. Thank you very much, sir. He says, the eyes have it. JB, host. Oh. Oh. So I got to figure out how to get you guys a, a sort of a live streaming rig over there and a quick little cheat sheet on how to use it. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Maybe, We'll figure that out in year five. How about that, guys? More. <laughs> Here we go. I, I, yeah. I mean, if, if she's got the time and the the interest, more the more JB, the happier I think we all are. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, we'll figure something out, guys. No pressure, JB. <laughs> yeah, right. None whatsoever. <laughs> they're calling for you. Yeah, they're the the, the fans. The, the fans want the their fans JB. Are, that's right. Unleash the Undertaker. Gotta, gotta give them what they want. Unleash the Undertaker. <laughs> I'm going to have an urn. Rise from leave, your grave. And I'm going to open the urn, and JB is going to manifest. There you go. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Thank you very much, Esme. Uh, thanks for making me say butt a lot. Mm. Uh, speaking of Super Chats, Mr. Austin is next. Didn't Yowie? we? Wait, 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 hold on, forget Austin. Didn't Whoa. we say like, you had a big old butt on the last show? We did say that. You had me? a big old butt. Yeah. On our live I show, did we? I said have you. the flattest butt in the world. There, there's well, just saying. No butt. You had a no big butt. old butt. It was in the middle of a sentence. Oh, that yes, yes. Okay, yeah. It's a butt day today. Everything's yeah. about butts. Yeah, all the butts, all butts, all the time. Mm. Yowie, wowie! I have a fun question for you guys. Do you think that WWE missed a great opportunity to have Randy Orton change into his legend killer ways after a program with the Fiend, or with the Fiend attacking legends and Randy killing them? Are we going to see them collide soon? They have history, mm. and I'm excited to see a storyline with them because they are both killing it. Thanks, guys. You're the best in the world. Yeah. Thank you very much, Thank Austin. You. Thank you, Austin. Um, they do have history. They and have. He did just revive Swamp Wizard Bray. Yeah. Who's definitely got some beef with the old yep. Randall Kennedy Keith Kellenbach. I mean, he set Sister Abigail's house on Christina fire. Christina Catherine Orton. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the iconic, the iconic uh, shot of him outside the burning house. What a dumb storyline that was. Anyway, but uh, I don't know if you needed the Fiend to change Randy into Legend Killer Randy. He kind of got there on his own in the last month. Like, he's now back to, I mean, him pulling out the punt is kind of an indicative of him being a Legend Killer Randy and him even saying, hey, uh, isn't Christian a legend? All right, I guess I should kill him. And then he goes and kills Christian. So... Boop. I feel like he's already gotten there. He didn't need to have the the fiend hoodoo voodoo getting sprung on him to to become that. He just he already went there. Um, that being said, the fiend has been killing legends. 
Hasn't done it in a while, but he, he's done it. Randy's currently killing legends, but they're both on different brands. Um, I could see Randy going for Drew McIntyre for the title. Yeah. But we're still a long ways off from the two of them coming into contact. Yeah. Um, I, w- I agree with Austin. I think that could be a good program at some point, especially now that in some ways Randy is, is kind of juiced up in his current role. He feels like he's on fire right now, pardon the pun. Um, but I wonder if getting into a program with The Fiend might be counterproductive to that. Yeah. Because Randy's, everything Randy's doing right now feels very based in reality and his history and the history of WWE. And it feels very visceral. Whereas The Fiend is, is that's, we're, we're over in the fantasy world of WWE for that. So I don't know if those two flavors would mix well on top of an ice cream. We've seen them mix. They don't mix well. We saw it mix with the House of Horrors match, and it was awful. Yeah. And I I don't want to see that mix. I I would much rather see Randy. Like I've said here on the show, I think Randy Orton could potentially end up being the all-time Reigns leader at some point. He's got a couple more title Reigns, and he's, he's, he's 14 or 15 time at this point. 15, I believe. Four, four, 15 now. So I, I think he could 14? get up there. I would like to see. Might be 14. I think it is 14. Yeah. Uh, I, I could see him get a couple more, three more reigns under his belt in the next five years. Uh, and he's the all-time leader now. Best ever, right? Sure. Do I want it to be with Bray Wyatt anymore? Nope. Nope. Mm. Especially because want, the, I don't want the know. legend killer killing the legend killer. If that right. makes sense. Well, it does. And it's also, it's worth noting that The Fiend is very different from Swamp Bray. Yeah. And it's overpowered. They booked themselves into a corner with it. Um, the only way I could see this actually working, and I, it's actually, they brought up in the chat too, they took, you, you took it out of my mind. Um, I think Kyle said it, is doing a Firefly Funhouse like he did with Cena. But I don't know if Randy's ready for that. Randy's, yeah. I, you know, still very invested in the company. At some point, maybe, but not any time in the near future. Maybe next time it may. Maybe that becomes a recurring thing for Mania. Is where no, the Fiend does something like that. I, I don't. Just a speculation. Just a thought. Really rare. I wouldn't even. I mean, at a WrestleMania for sure. But I wouldn't do it r- the year after the one they just did. And I and I I feel like if you put Voodoo Bray, Swamp Swamp Wizard Bray. <laughs> Hellbilly Bray, thank you, uh, Jay. Hellbilly Bray uh, back into a feud with Randy Orton. All it's going to do is drudge up all that bad history from a few years ago. Yeah. And that's that's all we're going to think about. Remind us how crap that feud was. Yeah. And you're going to project maggots maggots on the ring again. And it's just nope, 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 nope. That's all kinds of nope. I don't want that again at all. No. Yeah, Uh, I'm kind of with you. I'm. Austin, I understand why you'd be excited for a, a feud between them because right now Randy is hot and Bray is interesting. But I don't know how that dynamic would play out in a way that would be beneficial for either guy. Yeah. Basically. I don't I don't either. They they would one of them has to lose, one of them has to fall, and I don't want either of those right now. Or anytime soon. That's really what it comes down mm-hmm. to. Thank you very much, Austin. Yowie wowie indeed. Uh, next up, Martin. How you doing, sir? Howdy, gents. First and foremost, I hope you're both happy and healthy and the same for all your loved ones. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much, much, Martin. Same to you. 
Uh, secondly, Nick, thank you for the other morning. I really needed someone to talk to, and you were there. I'm glad I was, brother. Glad I was. Uh, now for my question, WWE are announcing a crossover between themselves and either X-Men, Justice League, or TMNT. Which would you like to see? Hmm. WWE are announcing a crossover between themselves and one of X-Men, Justice League, or TMT, TMNT. Uh, <sighs> Justice League. They tend to so and I'll, and I'll and I'll and I'll say why. Okay. Okay. So in the terms of the presentation of WWE, you've got a lot more of like superheroes and superheroines, right? That's straight up Justice League. It's just straight up superheroes and superhero problems. X-Men for most of its run has been about being an outsider to society, whether that's yep. a metaphor for LGBTQ, whether that's a metaphor for race, whether that's a metaphor for any kind of discrimination. That is not the world WWE plays in, and when it does, it doesn't play well in that world. That would be a very odd crossover, and it wouldn't go well together. Yeah. Uh, by the same token, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if you ever read the comic books and saw that stuff, there's, I mean, yes, they've got ninjas on Raw now, but that's all TMNT is, is ninjas and aliens and science fiction and just wacky out there crazy shit. I'm not talking about the Michael Bay pieces of crap. I'm talking about the OG Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird comic book uh, where you could have interdimensional travel and aliens and triceratops like battles in space. Right. Okay. Like it was goony as hell. That's also a little too out there for WWE. Justice League, you have superheroes, all muscular. They're dressed in tights. They're fighting for what's right against bad guys. It's to me, of, of these three, that seems like the most logical one for WWE to cross over. And you give all your super, all your superstars, each one gets like a nice superhero superpower or whatever, and then you're off to the races. So I agree. There you go. I agree. Kyle brought up Avengers uh, in the in the chat. Had and I'm you like, said Avengers, I, was I think Avengers is better rather than just saying X Men. Well. That, it would have been harder for me to pick between Avengers and Justice League. Yeah. Um, whereas X-Men and Justice League, again, like I said, it's, a, it's really easy to pick between those for me. Yeah. If you said Avengers and Justice League, I would have had a harder time. That being said, Avengers also much more dysfunctional, much more about interpersonal drama and, and inner workings. Justice League, eh, it's a little more surface level. So I would have, again, picked that because it seems to be more WWE's style a little more yeah. cartoony i agree uh he says oh and thank you to everyone in the facebook group for their own mops the other day it helped absolutely and, and i want to take this moment to say something else real quick um yeah there, there's a lot of stuff going on in the world right now and oh there's uh even more developing every day uh at, at, the, at the time that we're recording this specifically in the world of professional wrestling uh one of the things i decided to add off the back of a conversation with martin uh, was a, a channel in our Discord that's uh, aptly titled Mental Health. And I didn't really know what else to name it, um, but I want that to be a sort of open safe space for anybody that needs to, uh, if they've been victims of abuse, if they've, they are feeling down about the, the state of the world and things like that, know that that is a safe place with good people that you can come and, and have people to talk to. So I just I just wanted to put that out there. It's over in our Discord. You can find it in the in the link in the description below. Come over and join us. Uh, it is a uh, eighteen plus channel. We can talk about all sorts of things 
safely in there. So just wanted to know you guys had that option out there. If you do need to talk to someone, don't feel like airing it to the world uh, on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. We do have that option for you. So come over and join us uh, and use that as you see fit. Mm. So thank nice. you guys. And, and thank you to all everybody that's been open and willing to share uh, stories with us. We really appreciate that. Amen. Uh, next and now back to our regularly scheduled program. Yardi <laughs> asks us, uh, good evening, gentlemen's. Uh, I hope everybody is doing great this week on AEW. I loved Matt Hardy as guest commentary, uh, how he was putting Sammy Guevara over the last mm-hmm. couple of weeks. He is becoming one of my favorites. So my question is, how high do you guys think Sammy's ceiling is? Thank you guys for being awesome. Thank you, Yardi. Thank you very much. This is actually an interesting question because within one week, we've heard that Vince thinks that Angel Garza is the new Eddie Guerrero. And we heard on commentary them, like, in the middle of the show, uh, JR and Matt discussing Sammy Guevara being the new Eddie Guerrero. And the only thing I have to say to either of those is there is only one Eddie Guerrero, and Angel Garza and Sammy Guevara can both be very, very good and have extremely high ceilings. But there's only one Eddie Guerrero. They can be their own thing, and... Both of them, I think, can go very far. Yeah. At this point, uh, more for Sammy than, than Angel, I think we still have to see Sammy mature a lot. Um, there's a, but he's, I mean, him, Jungle Boy, MJF are so goddamn young and so good at this level. It's mind boggling to think about how high they could rise. Um, they are the next generation. Absolutely. How high is Sammy's ceiling? Ten years from now, they're going to be the ones we're talking about. They're going to be the the Randy Ortons and the the Daniel Bryans and the people that we're talking about in the mainstream yeah. today. How high is Sammy's ceiling? I don't know. I This might just be my old school bias, but at some point, and it's probably going to happen as he ages a little bit and his body just naturally wants to put on more weight. Um, I feel that he's got to actually thicken up a little bit to look more like a main event contender. Um, but that's it. That's really it. Is he just still has a very young looking physical appearance, which keeps him from looking like a main eventer. And that's nothing to do with that with time, but time, time is the only thing holding you back on that. Well, I also Um, think they're making a little bit of a chump out of him too. Having him come out sing, sing off time and off key, uh, Jericho's entrance song. They're, they're not. But he gets, but much like Riddle, he gets in the ring and a switch flips, and he's a high flyer, and he's all over the place, and he's amazing. And that's kind of inner circle in general is they're all goofing off and having fun, but then they get in the ring and they can yeah. have a match. It's better than the damn panda hat he was wearing. True. You know what I mean? Like he's gone from looking like a like really looking like a millennial when he come when he came out to having a more mature presence already. He got so, crotched on the top turnbuckle this week. It was one of my biggest laugh-out-loud moments of the entire week, and he got crotched, and you barely picked up, and you barely heard, oh, no, uh, my Spanish god. My, my Spanish god. <laughs> I just I busted it. I paused it and had to bust out laughing. Um, he's got all the skills. We've been very high on him since the Indies through PWG, through Lucha Underground, and we were very excited about him coming in to, uh, to AEW. I, just, I don't... I like how they've used him so far, but it's not doing him favors when you talk about things like future stars and top of the card and things like that. Um, I think he's kind of being used as a sidekick 
still. But that's kind of what he should be at this point, I think. You know, he's still he's, he is a sidekick to Chris Jericho. Like that's no better huge. mentor ever, maybe. Oh my God! You talk yeah. about learning from a guy who has survived for so long. The only other person there who's anywhere near the level of of Chris Jericho in terms of tenure and work is is Gold Dust is is Dustin Rhodes, um, who's still working. Let me be clear. Like, uh, yes, I know Arn and Tully are there, but like, who's still out there working week to week on a consistent basis? Let me just clear. Let me throw all that all of those considerations out there too like jericho's been around for freaking ever so you have sammy next to him that's a fantastic idea now it looks like matt hardy is trying to take sammy away from jericho and have him mentor sammy guevara so if that's the storyline and at a certain point we get sammy away from jericho so he drops all the goofy shit and starts becoming like you look a guy like matt hardy and you look at, at what sammy could potentially be in the future in terms of a creative wrestler who's not a big guy, but he's not necessarily undersized. He's no. just not a big guy, but he can do a lot of incredibly athletic things and is obviously very creative. So, yeah, there's a lot of Matt Hardy in Sammy Guevara. Um, and having Sammy be sort of brought up in the business by both Jericho and Matt Hardy, Jesus Christ, there is no ceiling. There is no ceiling there. Yeah. That's insane. No, I, and, and I don't, I don't you, think there is. If you told me the skinny little kid that I saw flipping around, uh, you know, out in out in Encino a couple of years ago, looking like um, he just got out of high school. Right. If you told me that that little kid was going to turn into what he is today, I would have been shocked. And to now also, on top of that, look at his potential and and the environment that he's in. Saddled up with Jericho of all people. <sighs> I can't put him over enough right now. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. holy crap. Knocking holy it out crap. of the park. Talk, I mean, talking about, we talk about the brass ring in WWE all the time. I mean, he's absolutely grabbing hold of that proverbial ring and just knocking it out of the park. He's, he's got he's, Jericho hoisting yeah. him up on his shoulders doing it. He's so, wear, he's like, he's wearing the brass ring. Right. This, so, right. Great question, Yardy. Uh, thank you very much. Next up, uh, Jess O'Connor asks, hey, guys, first off, I love listening to your daily shows. Keep them coming. Thank, thank you, you very Jess. much, Jess. Uh, second, I've been listening to a lot of music, and it got me thinking about mixing it up. So, I want to take, I want you all to take two wrestlers from Raw, two from SmackDown, and two from NXT, and mix up their music. Huh? Shuffle it up. Stay awesome, guys. So, are we doing like mix? Interesting. Tapes? <laughs> we're, so, we're gonna make a mixtape of our. Who two could come out to somebody songs? else's? Who could come out to someone else's music, for example? Oh, okay. So I read this as make a mixtape of your favorite uh, entrance music from two from Raw, two from SmackDown, two from NXT. No, shuffle them. So, like, for instance, oh. have uh, Adam Cole come out to Seth Rollins' Burn It Down theme. Burn it down. Boom. You know, something like that. Mox would be an easy one. Boom it, boom it down. Um, Moxley's theme? No, Mox coming out to burn it down. I could see. Yeah, that. yeah. Um, for sure. God, I, I could, this this is a this is a tough one because <laughs> this is we're gonna get. But real this, particular is, this is all about w, This is all WWE though. You can't be doing no Mox stuff, man. Come on, come oh, on, and stick to the fair. rules. Raw, Raw SmackDown, and NXT. Stick um, to the rules. Shit. I would love to see Undisputed Era come out to New Day's song. That would be hilarious. I don't know 
how that would work, but it would be hilarious. Yeah, Jess threw a bonus $2 in the Super Chat. Shuffle it and mix the brands. All right. Yes, okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> we were just talking about it, but having Bray Wyatt come out to Randy Orton's music would be both appropriate and uh, bizarre. Because he does hear voices in his head. That's true. Just saying. Uh, that could work. Um, let's see. I, I'm I'm drawing blanks. Like I'm 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 struggling to. Uh, I'm trying to think of big names. Switch Io Shirai and Asuka's songs. Flip them. Uh, Io Shirai comes out to. Uh, uh, a fire and wild, yeah, baby, they, you know, and then have uh, Oscar come out to. I can't even imitate EO's music, but Bobby. her crazy ass shit. Yeah, <laughs> I that would be. I think that would be awesome. They'd both, I think, be able to really nail each other's entrance, or not even the entrance, just the music from a musical standpoint. Um, I've here at all. Have Braun Strowman come out to Samoa Joe's music. I'm just saying, give Braun a little swagger there, man. Give a little funk in his step. Yeah, that's you true. You're not helping me here, Nick. I'm on my own. I'm not helping because I'm just drawing blanks. It's hard to take something away from someone that is so them, if that makes sense. Like Kyle, uh, a line drive with this $2 super chat says switch Ripley and black. I mean, that, that could work. It's just that the lyrics are so specific to both of them. Like you just base any metal song, you'd switch them. Sure. <laughs> that being said, you could have anyone come out to Alistair Black's music and not a headbang. Be down. Yeah, I don't know if I want to see Ripley coming out to no man is ever truly good. No man is ever truly evil. Uh, whatever. Yeah. I, I think she'd be down with it. She, she's a metalhead, too. Greg in the chat says, Shawn Michaels and Ziggler could switch music. That's very true. <laughs> Shawn Michaels and Ziggler could switch. Yeah, they, they could be the same person, <laughs> basically. They could just switch. Even their tights and their boots. Uh, remember right? when, they, that, they remember just, a couple years ago when Ziggler was coming out to other people's music and it just made you want to die? Yeah. With the record, the record scratch? The record scratch. Uh, the, uh, the hell was that? How that was a dark Drew time. Drew McIntyre has come from then. That was a dark time. I mean, anyone who complains about Raw and SmackDown these days, go back two years ago. There was a yeah. there was a dark time there. Well, we were ha- I was having trouble watching them every week. Just like man, yeah, dude. <sighs> Give Chad Gable Kushida's song. That's a good one, Jay. That's good, actually. Give Chad Gable anything. Give no. him anything. No, I'm gonna if if I could turn back time. I'm going to go back in time and oh. make Chad Gable Kurt Angle's son instead of Jason Jordan. Well, duh. Right? Hindsight being in, 2020. Inherit the gimmick, inherit the music, pass it down, and give Chad Gable Kurt Angle's music. But no, we have to go for the controversial, like weird little uh, thing. What, what? Kurt Angle has a son who's African-American? What happened there? <laughs> I mean, hindsight being 20, and then poor Jason Jordan uh, goes and busts his neck and his career's done. Yeah, hindsight 2020, that would have been way better. 
God, I, I miss Jason Jordan. That guy was so goddamn good. I miss Chad Gable. You remember Chad Gable? <laughs> Who? Back when he was in the singlet and it was red, white, and blue, and he looked and felt like an Olympic wrestler. And all right, we're gonna we're supposed to be talking about music. We're just bitching about. <laughs> now we're just bitching. <laughs> Will James I says, think... "Give the B team's music to the Young Bucks." Oh God! <laughs> Fastest burial. B ever. team, B team, go, go, go! <laughs> Bucks, bucks, bucks. Oh, I just had a flashback to 2001 uh, Raiders Buccaneers in the Super Bowl out in the, out in the, uh, the, yeah, my Raiders. And uh, at the time I was living with Ann Larson from uh, the going in raw show. And uh, I'm the only Raiders fan and every other person lived in that house, including him and all our friends came out in Bucks jerseys. At the same time, I think Steve. I think Steve was there too. It might have been the whole Going and Raw crew, and they come out all in Bucks jerseys and just start dancing around me, going B U C S Bucks Bucks Bucks. B team, B team, go go go! And I just oh, I was so miserable. And then of course the Bucks just absolutely ravaged the Raiders because they had our old coach and they turned Rich Gannon into an absolute pie hole. Right. Oh, uh, dark times, dark times. Raiders. Never the quite Raiders. forgiven. The going in raw guys for that, but it's okay. They're gonna be wearing our tattoos in their neck soon. So, Ooh, yeah, you guys didn't forget about that, did you? yeah, that's gonna feel good. That's gonna feel good. So right, I think we got enough music switched there for you, yeah. Jess. I hope I hope that that answers. You know what, question. Jess? I'll I'll, I'll I'll let's one up it a little bit. Start a thread, uh, a, a post in the Facebook group or in Discord, and let's continue that one because I think people could come up with some really good ones. Uh, we just we're out of time. We got to hurry here. Yep. Thank you very much for the question and for the super chat. Uh, really appreciate that. Next up, Josh asks, "What? Do, well, I almost said it. What WTF is happening <laughs> to our beloved wrestling? That's huh? all for this week. Thanks for being there, offering great content and an amazing community in these times that somehow keep getting darker. Thank you, Josh. Uh, thank you, Josh. Uh, WTF is happening to our beloved wrestling. You know what's actually? I'm, I'm Josh. I'm gonna put a positive spin on this. Um, what's happening is you're hearing about stuff that's always been there that needs to be excised and then our wrestling can get better it's always change is always painful um and it's it's always painful to actually have the kind of surgery needed to remove what's happening right now the so oil is being lanced yes is exactly what is happening keep in mind this was always there you just didn't hear about it or know about it this has to be brought into the light so that it can be squashed so that we can have the kind of wrestling where we don't have these demons hiding in the closet yeah you know ultimately this will enable us to be more proud of this product and of the people performing in it and yes it's a tough time well right said. now but it's necessary so yes. when you say what is happening to our wrestling good things good things good things are happening to our wrestling josh this is this is going to be good on the other side it's just painful getting through there as as i believe it was churchill once said if you're going through hell keep going Kyle in the chat says we're at the part of the exorcism where the neck is twisting, a throw up is going everywhere. It will be over soon. <laughs> I hope I hope that's the case. Right, you. exactly. The power of Christ compels you. Yeah, the problem is at the end of the exorcist, they both the exorcists die. Right. <laughs> so spoiler alert. Uh Jess and your mother O'Connor, too, Merrick. You know, just <laughs> <laughs> we got your mother in here too, Karis. Right. <laughs> uh Jess O'Connor, two dollars. Thank you very much. He says he says he is satisfied with our answers. Excellent. Yes. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Jess. Thank you very much. Uh, next up, Kyle, Mr. Line Drive himself. Have two questions this week. 
First, doing Jer- during Jericho's podcast, AEW referee Aubrey Edwards said yes. that in WWE, referees are not allowed to show personality. I would challenge that. She Scott said it. Cohn, but keep reading the question. All right. My question is, do you, I haven't read this yet, by the way. My I, question is, do you feel this is true, and how much personality should a ref show? Personally, I disagree with Edwards, uh, with the likes of Cone, Ref Jess, Drake, and uh-huh. Lil Nate, all showing personality. Uh, you forgot Kyoto. Kyoto's gone. He's not all showing WWE personality, anymore. but not taking attention away from the talent. Little Nate's head flitch to impactful moves is particularly iconic. Uh, the question is, do you feel this is true and how much personality should a ref show? I feel, Uh, you know, it's funny. No, go ahead. Go ahead. You had it. I, I completely disagree that it is not true. You outlined that very elegantly. I disagree, uh, with Aubrey wholesale. There's plenty of personality in almost all of the referees in WWE. There are a few that are pretty just vanilla, just kind of, they're just there. Um, but you've got the likes of the history of Kyoto, uh, Little Nate, Lady Ref Jess has mounds of personality uh, coming up through NXT and then now up on the main roster. So yeah, I, I, your argument is invalid, Aubrey Edwards. I well, she actually tried out to be a ref in WWE, and I think by and large, refs are encouraged to not show personality in WWE. As you said, most of the refs like. We 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 just named a bunch of outliers who can't help but show personality. John Cone is a guy you never look at until the time he does show a little bit of personality and has to be involved somehow, like this week with Nia Jax. But even then, he was just acting like a ref and didn't act like he had any specific personality to him. Little Nate can't help it. He looks like Little Nate. And again, yes, his reactions are great, but that's what a ref's supposed to do is react and yeah. make you focus back on the match. Um Ref Jess, she doesn't have a whole lot of personality outside of of just showing up in a skit this uh, on this last pay per view. Um, Drake Wirtz, another guy who, by and large, is very very you know stoic and still, and they let him do some backstage stuff. But even when he did that, he play, basically played like a robot. Um, no, I need you a, to a very t- spray tanned robot. Very okay. Just because he has a a, a, <laughs> a gimmick of sorts doesn't mean that he's right. got personality. Aubrey has personality. You actually feel like she's like this That's spunky fair. ref who'll talk back to 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 the wrestlers in the ring. You, they create, like, she got herself over at the one match when Jericho pushed her, and she got all up in his face. And I love watching that clip because you watch the crowd go, <gasps> you can watch all of them, their jaws drop as she gets up in his face and pushes him back, and he's like, no, but I, but, but, but. You know, so I, I actually, I agree with her point where the refs in WWE sometimes have personality despite themselves because they're unique individuals that you see in the ring, but they're not encouraged to actually show a character, right? They're not, they're nothing outside of that usually. Whereas Aubrey can go out there and be a character outside of the ring. Uh, they've actually involved her as a person, not just as a referee backstage or as another per- like personality of the show, but as a person overall. I think it's also so, a little subjective, to be fair. I, I sure. think there's different levels of showing personality, whether you're reacting or some level of emoting or interfering and getting in between people. Aubrey just takes it to 11 with what you were describing with Jericho and her actual yeah. vocalizations of stuff throughout matches and, and you know being actually visible and shown as a part of a wrestling match. Yeah. 
I, I'm th- a, I think there's different yeah. levels. Well, I'm a fan of the referees being one of the characters. You know, I yeah. mean, we we come from P- to PWG. You have yeah. a heel ref, you have a face ref, and you boo or cheer when they announce the ref because, uh-oh, it's the heel ref. You know he's going to screw somebody. Want to be right? red shoes. Screw that guy. Red I shoes. hate that guy. <laughs> red shoes. I love red shoes. How dare not in you, New, sir? Not in New Japan. The the guy, the the uh, guy, I can't remember his name. The guy that always tried Aaron, to wear the big red Doc Martens. Thought you were trying to not, not shit on my red, red shoes. shoes. The guy red that shoes, always wore the red dude. Doc Martens. Uh, Tiger Hattori. Tiger Hattori just just uh, just uh, retired earlier this year, and it was an emotional moment. Uh, and he's a ref. Yeah. Like refs should be allowed to have personalities. They should be allowed to be one of the characters in that because it's all about character. Like you can still have a sports centric show, and if you like, think about. Um, uh, what was the referee for the for the Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield fight? Uh, voice of uh, celebrity, celebrity death match. Um, I think it's Justin Borden is who I'm thinking about. No, well, you may be thinking of Justin Borden, but I'm I'm thinking about. Uh, let's get it on, Mills Lane. Mills Lane. Oh yeah, right. The legendary boxing ref. Yeah. You know why he's legendary? Because he's got a lot of attitude. Yeah. He's hilarious. He's a person. I want to see a clean fight. Come out you with know, your just, pants up. Yep. Let's get it on. <laughs> Right. Yeah, Justin. Um, what would I say is Justin. Justin Borden uh, went through a stint there in both Lucha Underground and PWG where he was wearing red Doc Martens. So that's what I meant by red shoes, not New Japan red shoes. Let me be clear about that. There's a lot of people upset in the chat right now. Um, I did not. We red shoes in New Japan is beloved. I guess what I'm saying to Kyle here is, is that yes, you sometimes see flashes of personality in WWE. Yes, but nowhere near what they could be doing or even what they're currently doing in other places. Yes. So true. All right. Uh, we got to get moving. Second question. Since I wanted to watch, since I watched the gentleman last night, I mm. figured I'd ask you that if Guy Ritchie were to make a film that involved <laughs> professional wrestling, who would you cast in it from the wrestling world? And what would you want it to be about? Um, I would want it to be a Cockney gangster movie. Well, I, <laughs> well, uh, that's, <laughs> Wait, you're getting Guy Ritchie to direct a Cockney gangster film? <gasps> hey, do you remember a while back what when they stretch. did those BMW hired three directors and Guy Ritchie was one of them to make commercials and it was, um, uh, was it Pierce Brosnan? And Madonna was in the back seat and he of threw Of course it, it was uh, Madonna, yes. And it was, yeah. Yeah. Well, of course it was Madonna because at the time sure. he was married to her. Remember right. the movie, that was it uh, Blown Away, Castaway or something? That was like the worst film ever made. Right. They made with Madonna. Oh, that was bad. Um... Yeah, whatever movie it is, it should star not Madonna. No, Adam Cole. Uh, I was going to say Pete Dunn. Pete Dunn would work. Yeah. Pete Dunn. Um, and the. Um, oh. Definitely Pete Dunn is like as like one of the so like I'm I i do not know. Of course in my head, I'm just thinking of him making lock stock and two smoking barrels again. Exactly. Yeah. William Regal in the sting role. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um Zach Gibson is the arch. Zach nemesis. Gibson is one of them. The, yeah, the villain. The, Zach Gibson <laughs> is Turkish. <laughs> What's that for then, Turkish? Yeah. It's the Germans. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, Do you dogs. know the meaning of nemesis? <laughs> <laughs> a righteous infliction of retribution, a divine retribution manifested in an appropriate individual, personified in this instance by an horrible 
you know, I can't. Say. Yeah. We're a, we're a fan. Bad word of here. Bad word. Naughty word. Love those movies. Love Guy Ritchie. Um, yes. Uh, you know, it's actually funny. Uh, Vinny Jones, who's in a lot of, of Guy Ritchie's movies, former football player, one of the dirtiest guys in, in footy ever, uh, is actually currently in a movie with Stu Bennett. Oh. Yeah. Bad News Barrett nice. is in a movie with, with Vinny Jones right now. I don't know if it's come out yet or not. What was his character's uh, name? Bu- Bullet, B- Billy the Bullet or something like that in Snatch? Yeah, uh, something like that. <sighs> I can't remember. God, I want to go watch Snatch now. Okay. You know, on the oh. size of a replica. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Mine no, says 50 Ritchie. caliber. <laughs> Yours Desert says Eagle. replica. <laughs> Desert Eagle point five zero. All right. Anyway, uh, I love Guy Ritchie. I, I love Snap. I love pretty much anything Guy Ritchie's Pete, done. He's done Zach Gibson uh, in a Guy Ritchie movie. Let's throw some Kaylee Ray in there. Let's uh, we're, let's keep it UK based. Kelly uh, Klein. Will Ospreay or, or Killer Kelly, Killer Kelly, yeah, 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 yeah. and um, yeah. There you go. Oh man, okay. Line Drive just might have dropped the bombshell. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre is the Vinnie Jones part. Nice. Yeah, and Drew McIntyre. All he is, he's he's just up in the highlands in the mountains like those vignettes he was shooting in nothing but trunks. Lifting giant Atlas stones for what no the- reason. <laughs> Why was he in nothing but trunks? Oh, Why? God. Because okay. he's through. Through McIntyre. <laughs> That's what all Scots wear. No, we don't. We don't wear trunks. We wear kilts. <laughs> Not trunks underneath them. Why couldn't Literally he the put opposite. a kilt on? Instead put of on a, put a kilt on the man. <laughs> God. That was so ridiculous. Anyway. Uh, okay, uh, so wrapping it up here. Side note, I just want to thank you guys given recent events. The last few months listening to you guys and interacting with the BWO community has helped me in ways I cannot even begin to, to describe. Thank you, oh, man. man. Awesome. It's helped me recover from depression in the midst of a current life situation, and given everything going on, I wanted to share that and let you guys know that during what has to be a difficult time, reading the news. Thank Dude, you, Kyle. Kyle, thank you very much, man. And, thank you, and, man. That, that hits home. Thank you, sir. Mad love, brother. Finally, as he likes to be, Mr. Marshall. <laughs> Coming in at the last minute, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt have their alter egos. What mm. are your own personal alter egos, and how are they triggered? Hope everything is well, and can't wait for a bearded drone to land at my door with my new merch. Is there a uh, beard were, on were the you drone? you anonymous? Did you? Uh, is that you that I, uh, I? I'm not sure if that was. Is there a beard on Nick Guard One? There needs because there be. there should be. I, I need there to should fix be. That. A, it should be a bearded drone. Yes, beard, beard Guard One. one. <laughs> a beard, bearded, long-haired drone listening to Machine Head dropping off a package at your door. Right. That'd be amazing. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> is that your alter ego? Is, is Nick Guard one your alter ego? What's your alter uh, ego? Can I be serious for a minute? Landstorm. Uh, I think this is one of my alter egos. Damn it, you took my answer. Son of a bitch. Uh, there, there's Nick Howell, there's Data Center Dude, and then there's Nick Howell on BWO. Um, there's professional Nick who's like a Clark Kent. And then I'm not trying to say I'm Superman, but I, I, I put the suit and the nerd glasses on during the day. And I'm a, I'm a tech wizard guy that knows how to do crazy stuff that built a data center in his closet over there that set all of this stuff up that, you know, there's that Nick who is a loving boyfriend to a beautiful, lovely woman. Uh, and it can't wait to finish the show so I can go sit down and have dinner and tell her about her day. And then there's crazy Nick Howell that likes to get all bug-eyed and has a big beard and talks about wrestling. 
crazy fantasy sport that we all live in. Um, that that is so. Yeah, this is definitely there, and there's a level of kayfabe to our show at this point, going into four years. At this point, that we have we have developed over the years of you it's know true. between Nick booking and all of these things. There's and the stories of Tony. Storm don't break kayfabe. All, don't break right? kayfabe. I am I, I am don't a little kayfabe. bit. Don't I am a little kayfabe. bit because this is the mailbag show. Right? Don't break kayfabe. Yeah, never break but kayfabe, Nick. There's a little bit of that that goes into the show. So yeah, that's mine. How about you, sir? Andy? Um. Yes, very similar in order to not break kayfabe. I'll merely say that as soon as I sit down in front of the ring light, uh, put on the glasses, and the bump hits, uh, that's where Surrey and Dangerous comes out. So, yes, very much. Um, it's like Sylvester uh, Stallone and over the top when he turns the hat around. He turns the hat around. It turns the hat the around and just, and just, you know, get the wrist. Get the wrist over there. Yeah. Get the wrist over the top. Yeah. I'm boring as hell normally. <laughs> you are not. You are a very it, entertaining. You're one of the more. <laughs> you might be the most entertaining bartender I've ever uh, had the experience before we ever well, thank even you. before busted wide open was ever even a thought. He's going to leave you on happening. this one, kids. Uh, there was Surrey and Dangerous, and Andy and I just used to go to the bar, and here's this guy playing loud metal music so loud that we can't even hear yourself talking to the person sitting on the bar stool next to you, and to open it up. He yells about $5 pancake breakfast shots, free pool, and blows fire. That's Ian. Well, to be clear, Sir Ian Dangerous was a... little bit of kayfabe to that, too, to be It honest. was a little bit of a persona from... That's, that's, that's years old. That's like 14, 15 years old. So that's yeah. been around for a while. But anyway, yes. How the hell did Over the Top become successful, Kyle? That was the most... Have you seen it? It is the most... How dare you? Sylvester Stallone and Arnold Schwarzenegger were the biggest draws at the time. That movie's That's amazing. Why. How dare you, Kyle? That movie is one of my favorite childhood films. How Don't you dare blaspheme <laughs> don't that you, film. Don't, don't you talk down about over the top. He just wants to hang out with his dad. Yeah, his dad's a on. renegade trucker who does arm wrestling. Oh, can we recast over the top sometime? You know Braun Strowman's got to be the no. bad guy. No. No, we will never yes. touch that film. Yes. It is magnificent. Oh, no. That'd be, oh, come on. That'd be so much fun. Ryan Martin, by God, you worked at a cheaty over-the-top reference. <laughs> You're damn right. What? <laughs> oh, it's it's the classic oh. film trope where they do the switch, it's and you've got him turning the hat around, and it's Kevin Costner in for the love of the game with engage the mechanism, you know, and all of this. There's so many movies where they do that trope, where it's like I turn the switch and I become yep. someone else. And, and, okay. It's fun. It's a movie. It's a movie about arm wrestling. <laughs> yes, and they, and they you had and trucking one of the and trucking ju- by the way and driving a truck. And you had one of the most popular. Listen, the the strong men don't really get out <laughs> beyond the guys that do the strongman competitions don't really get out beyond that. And you oh. had the success of blood sport with Bolo crossing over. <laughs> you had the success. And the guy who was the main baddie, the final boss oh in over the top of the arm wrestling competition, was a noted uh, and and per- renowned uh, strongman competitor yes. who was no- a known entity. Right? It's like bringing Ronda Rousey into WWE. Right? So it, a lot of the same Nick, stuff. Nick is agitating to get to dinner. We're trying to finish up the show, but you talk about over the top. We got another hour show yep. left to go. Yep. <laughs> And I'm going to go right. finish off tonight by watching Bring it home. The Wizard. There we go. There's a reference. The Wizard with Fred Savage? 
Fred Savage and the little kid in the, the debut of Super Mario Brothers three. That a boy. Come on, I saw that in the theater, son. Bring it yep. on. Yep. And the yep. the girl in it actually ended up being the lead singer of Fleet Foxes. Oh, I well didn't know that. Well known fact. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Thank you to all of our patrons for sending in your amazing, amazing questions every single week. If you guys would like to get in on some of that, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. All you got to be in is that $5 tier, and you'll see the post go up every single week all throughout the month just for $5. You can get in on that. Plus, you get a copy of the show notes for every single episode. Plus, you get to participate in our big four pay-per-view patron pick'ems challenges where we put some merch on the line and you get to go head-to-head in direct competition with all of the other patrons and myself and Sir Ian Dangerous. It's a lot of fun. All that, five bucks a month. Mm. Best way to support the show right there. $10 a month, you get all that, plus bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at patreon.com slash BWO. All the links you need to find are over at BWOpodcast.com. Make sure you get into our Discord. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Open. BWO Daily, Monday through Friday, every single day throughout the week. We will keep you guys up to date with what is going on with uh, hashtag speaking out and the movement that's happening right now. We'll be back on Monday with another episode of BWO Daily with the latest on that. But make sure you're in our Discord. Come find us over on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BWO Podcast. My name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God! Would somebody stop the damn map? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.